Hello and welcome back to Off The Water, the podcast brought to you from the National Governing Body of Voting, RYA Scotland. This week I'm with uh, Robin Phillips, who is the co-host for this episode. Hey, it's great to be back chatting about being on the water again at a time where there's yeah, a little ma- less access at the moment. And we're really pleased to be able to bring you another episode with a great story around breaking what might be perceived as barriers. Well, it was uh, absolutely fantastic, the last podcast you did in bringing together the young sailors uh, from Aberdeen and Stonehaven Yacht Club about their fantastic dinghy adventure up the River Tay as part of a Duke of Edinburgh expedition. It's amazing to hear this story uh, for this episode, which is also around cruising adventures. Listening to the chat has definitely got me itching to be out on the water again. It's also awesome to hear a story with positivity around what can be possible and people work together at a time of year a bit more known for its January blues. Yeah, in terms of inspiration for the January blues of, of what's possible within the broad reach of all the activities was catching up with the Visually Impaired Sailing Association. Very fortunate to literally just stumble upon them in Largs. Uh, I saw the banners along the boat and some people very happily enjoying that post-sailing chat that they do, tidying up the ropes. And I, I introduced myself and at the same time, another boat was coming in down to the fuel berth by, and everyone was watching it come in just perfectly. Brought in by one of the sailors and helped along by one of the volunteer skippers. It was just awesome to watch. Uh, it's quite a tight space in at large, so that just amazed me. I needed to find out more. No worries. Uh, yeah, we definitely hope this is the most appropriate medium for this story. Uh, I can picture picture the fuel berth at Largs, and as you said, that's... Uh, yeah, pretty impressive to be uh, parking a boat in there with no sight. Um, so settle in for a bit of inspiration, both on what can be possible and, as always, a bit of the magic of Scottish cruising as well. The sound of the wind in the sails and the slap of the waves against the hull are a background as the members and their sighted companions crew the boat and talk to the camera about their experiences and the pleasure and confidence they get from being involved with Visa the Visually Impaired Sailing Association. Here with a group of people who are highly inspiring and I actually bumped into last year uh, as they finished a little bit of a cruise. Uh, I have Liz Marsden, who's based down in Presswick, uh, Robert Smith in Ayr, uh, Steve Benn, who's down in Yorkshire, and the trustee, Lorraine Dodge. And I'm going to start with Lorraine. Can you tell us a little bit about the Visually Impaired Sailing Association. Yeah, thank you, Mark. I'd love to. Um, we had the great opportunity, Visa, of coming up to Largs uh, last year in September, I think it was, um, and going sailing for a week. We had four boats. So the Visa um, Sailing Association, we look after blind and partially sighted sailors. Um, We want to encourage people to find out more about sailing, sailing on on yachts. So we charter yachts in different parts of the countries and we invite people to come along and have that experience of being on the water. Uh, We can, we, we have people who have quite a lot of sailing experience, who have sailed all around the world, but also people who have had no sailing experience so whatever, so whatsoever. And um, it can be their first time on the water. So, you know, it's absolutely fantastic to have all these people with different experiences. Um, some of the people are totally blind. Um, some people have some sight. 
Um, and our aim is to encourage them to get on the water, to support them um, in their, their attempts to go and their dreams to be on the water as well. Yeah, because so many people, they kind of think it's for, for, for very rich people to be on yachts and we try and make it accessible um, for everybody. Uh, so we want people to come on board and participate in all the activities that you do on a boat so people will come along they'll they'll be on the helm um, they'll be rigging it they'll be putting boys out lifting up anchors um and also doing the other stuff which needs to be done like doing the cooking cleaning the toilets um yeah everything that you can do so we we utilize um skills that people have got skills that people don't even know that they they've got and they kind of come out over a period of time on the boat. Because um, as you know, Mark, you know, it's very intimate being on a, a boat, isn't it? You kind of get to, to know each other. You live with each other um, for a period. Um, so, yeah, that's a bit about us. Yeah, I had the real joy of, of witnessing that and seeing the excitement among all the crews. And, yeah, it was really inspirational. But I guess I could go around some of our individuals and, and just find out, you know, how each of them got involved in sailing and potentially in visa. And I think I'll probably start with uh, Liz Marsden down in Presswick and just ask, you know, how did you get involved with visa and, and sailing in general? Um, well, it was during the lockdown in that pandemic. I was sitting thinking, I'm really bored. What do I like to do normally? And I thought, I love being on the water because I grew up, you can probably tell from the accent, in the middle of England and where there's no, no sea at all. Very sad place. But um, I've lived in Scotland now for nearly 50 years. So I've lived on the Ayrshire coast or near the Ayrshire coast. So I was sitting thinking, I want to be back out on the water. Um, so I put in the Google bar, um, visually impaired, blind sailing. And I came up with, with Visa and there it was. So there was a phone number and, uh, and I phoned and had a chat and lo and behold, I'm signed up for the Larks trip. Yeah, that, that seems a, a fantastic journey and a fairly simplistic journey for you to end up joining that adventure last year. Steve next, and just ask how, how perhaps you got involved in sailing with uh, Visa. There was an advert or a comment in the yachting press going back 2013 asking if anyone would like to volunteer and I foolishly responded. Um, so I've been with Visa quite a few times now and we've done the Solent, we've been across to France and now we've done the Clyde. Wow, so I take it and I, I will come on to that but uh, you're one of the volunteers Steve. I'm one of the volunteer skippers, yes. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I have a specific question later on just about the volunteers, but that's a really nice introduction. And obviously being involved for so long, you've, you'll have seen a wide range of people who have been impacted by being taken sailing with Visa. A wide range, as you say, from total novices to people who can put us all to shame. <laughs> um, very, very capable sailors with an awful lot of experience. 
Uh, it's also remarkable for a sighted person when you realize how much they learn and how much they can do without any input once they've been introduced and they've got to hope know the basics. Most people that can sail would agree that sailing is a lot by instinct rather than sight. If you're helming, you sail the boat on the feel of the boat and the wind in your face. And that is a skill that they can have as well as, if not better than we can, because those the feel and what they can feel is all they've got. And they sail better to windward in a lot of times than we can. Uh, that's there. And it's just quite humbling when you see how they get on and cope and their, their courage when the boat's peeling at 20 degrees and bouncing up and down as they go toddling up to the foredeck to take a spinnaker down. Um, it's very, very rewarding. It's, uh, it's really impressive. And uh, yeah, hearing that little level of detail and, and knowing what it's like on a boat healing at 20 degrees when you have to go up to the foredeck to get the spinnaker down. Um, yeah, courage is certainly an appropriate word, Steve. I'm going to introduce, uh, bring in and ask Robert as well. Just how, how did you get involved uh, in sailing and with Visa, Robert? Well, I had absolutely no experience of sailing at all until I was 60. Uh, back in 2014, my wife was reading through some information from the Royal National Institute uh, for the Blind, and they'd advertised uh, a visa trip to the Firth of Clyde that happened in 2014, and I thought I would give it a go. To be honest, I didn't know if sailing was for me because I'd never done it, but I thought, well, I'll give it a try and see see what I think of it and went on that trip um, as I say complete novice and thoroughly enjoyed it by the end of the week I'd learned quite a bit when I went back to sail a couple of times two years later I'd forgotten most of it so I had to relearn it but <laughs> since then I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, that's, a, that's a really good journey as well and you made it along to the trip uh, last September is that correct? Uh, last September yes back back to the Clyde again um, yeah which was which is good. I spent a lifetime on Calmac ferries sailing across the Clyde and onto the islands and whatever, and hill walking around that area. So it was nice to get a chance to actually be on the water and sailing and seeing it from quite a different angle. I guess Lorraine, they touched on Steve touched on in sailing in a numerous different locations. Um, what attracted visa to come along and sail in Scotland? There was a variety of, of reasons. We had sailed in Scotland, I think, four years ago, something like that. And we had planned on coming back. Um, but with COVID, you know, as everybody knows, it, it had a huge impact on, on what we what we could do. So it's almost like a dream that, that that's what we want. We wanted. We also need to plan our trips quite carefully. And Largs is a really great location um, for our, you know, our members to get to in terms of transport. Um, it's a really great location. I'm not a sailor. Um, but I listened to what other people, our volunteer skippers, were saying. 
And they all kind of said in a very secret, hushed voice, don't tell everyone, but it's a really brilliant place to sail. It's so easy. There are brilliant places to go. Um, and you'll never get bored sailing up. Um, I, I'm going to ask Steve just to stay a bit more because I think he, he sailed up there um, as well. So perhaps he could chip in here. I had to put my head in my hands when you said that, Lorraine. Stop <laughs> advertising it. We don't want everybody up there. And I've sailed in Scotland quite a lot. To me, it's one of the better, or one of the best, if not the best, sailing area in the UK. The scenery is fantastic. The Clyde is sheltered water. Even when you go to the West Coast, it's quite sheltered with all the islands. You don't have to sail far. From a visa point of view, as Lorraine said, it's geographical location. It's easy to get to. And when you're sailing with visually impaired, you need to be able to paint a picture. You've got to describe what is happening all the time. They can't see it. And the Clyde is brilliant because there's that much around you that you can paint a picture, they can visualise, hopefully they can visualise what you're sailing past. The first, no, the second day out from Troon going across to Campbelltown, you can sort of mention out on your starboard beam, you've got Goat Fella, 870 some metres high. Where else in England can you get that sort of scenery while you're sailing past it? So it's, it's sheltered water, you can always sail. It's challenging, but there's a lot going on which stops visually impaired sailors getting bored. They can't look around, so you've got to describe, and they need things to do. So while well, we beat up East Kyle and then we turn around the top and we beat back down West Kyle, it gives them something to do. I I'd certainly agree with that, that, Steve. It certainly did give us something to do. I mean, it was amazing while we were up there that the weather was so varied and the waters were so different. I mean, I've done a bit of sailing in the past, but the, the, the wind coming off those mountains and hitting that boat, and you know, we had new people on the boat who, who hadn't done much sailing before, and we were really trying, you know, to cook food down below and, and all sorts of things. And it was absolutely stunning um, and amazing. And as you say, the variety of scenery which was around, um, it, it was it was superb. It was a wonderful place to sail in. No, it's a it is a place I also I'm obviously in love with, and I asked the question. <laughs> Uh, purely because on a UK is, is reaching a number of people, it's, it's nice to be able to share it, albeit quietly, Steve, I get that. You articulate very well that need to describe things and for visually impaired people, and there's so much you can describe. Um, for me also, the weather, as Lorraine touched on, can be very variable, which can change the experience from day to day. And um, when I arrived, you had had quite a windy week, Everyone seemed to absolutely love that. I, I might just uh, dive in and ask uh, Liz, what, we, did you have any highlights of that trip last September? Yes, uh, you just mentioned the wind there getting up to 20 knots and uh, uh, we, we read that as 4-7, would that be about right? We, we had a 4-7 on one day um, when we had to reef the sails way down and uh, the boat was heeled over. I happened to be on the 
the wheel at the time. It just happened to be my turn on the wheel. And as you said, somebody said earlier on, you get to feel the boat because I can't see where I'm going, but you get to feel how the boat responds. So I got to that point with this particular boat I was on, um, but the boat was over and I had um, one of the sighted volunteers telling me a little bit to port, a little bit to starboard. So I didn't hit any of the lighthouses, but we were um, looking at the speed that we were achieving and our little boat, we were in the littlest boat, it got the best speed. And because, <laughs> it was, because I, was on the wheel at, I was on the wheel at the time, hanging on for, for, for life, really. And I suddenly became a heroine because we got the top speed. So that was one of the highlights was getting the top speed. But the other highlight was um, our crew. Our crew were absolutely great. Uh, I, I think that that kind of teamwork aspect uh, is really coming out even in this conversation with you all. Um, Robert, did you have a, any little highlights from the trip last year? Um, I, yes, uh, bringing the uh, bringing the boat into into harbour one one of the days was great. It's the first time I'd done that, um, and that that was that was it was good to be able to do that. I had really good help from I think it was Steve, who. You know, as Liz said, was was giving very clear instructions about you know port a bit, starboard a bit, um, but it, it it did feel like I I was bringing the boat in, albeit that I had somebody, you know, as Liz says, preventing me from hitting anything. But it really did feel like uh you know I I was doing that, and that that was one of the highlights for me, and spending a bit more time up on deck um, than I had before, um, helping to. Um, raise the, uh, the the mainsail. Um, those were kind of the highlights for me in terms of the sailing. Uh, I happened to arrive at that particular point as one of the boats was heading towards the fuel berth. Uh, one of the visually impaired sailors that were taking it into the dock, which uh, the fuel berth in Largs is not famous for having lots of room to manoeuvre, and I was I was in awe of uh, that boat coming in to come and refuel uh, and seeing how it's done. So, you know, I think it leads into my next question about the some of the challenges about being visually impaired that sailing and getting involved in these trips might be uh, and how you might have overcome them. Um, I guess I might start with Steve and this berthing side of things. How do you, as a skipper, um, put that level of trust in? How, how, did, how do you get over that challenge, Steve? That's a very good question. <laughs> You've got to have faith. Um, one thing sailing with visually impaired does show is that you need to develop the skills to communicate a lot better because you have to describe exactly what's happening. You've also got to let them know what's around them because they can't see it on what you want them to do and describe how fast the boat's going and everything minutely in plenty of time for them to process it. So your planning needs to be well ahead of where you would normally do it. Um, there is no reason why they can't take it in. If you've got an instructor on a day skipper course, he will get the people to take the boats alongside. 
why can't a visually impaired person do it? They just need a little bit more information geographically of where they are and what they're trying to achieve. There's no reason they can't do it if you can communicate with them. It doesn't mean that it does your nerves any good. <laughs> but as Robert said, all, well, all our crew managed to either take the boats into alongside marinas or to get them out. And we did it without incident and mishap. So it's a, a great feeling for me that I've managed to get them to do it. And it must be a great feeling for them, as Robert said, to actually have achieved, they've felt they've taken the boat alongside. Uh, one perspective that I get is your voice is exceedingly calming. And I'm sure that that would have given uh, whoever was sailing with you um, a great deal of um, encouragement and confidence going into these situations. Um, in terms of those challenges, I might put this back to um, the sailors and just what challenges, Liz, might you have thought you'd have that you felt you really overcame um, when you were on one of these trips? That's interesting because I actually am a day skipper. You know, when my sight was fine, um, I did sailing and I became a day skipper. But since I've been losing my sight, I do need that instruction, that clarity. But, you know, it's, it's really interesting because if you've got a good skipper or a good crew, they, they know exactly because they're watching you to see where your skills and level of skill is or no skill at all. And then they communicate at that particular level. If you've got a good crew, that's what they do because they realize that visually impaired people are like anybody else. They're all different. We're not just one group. Yeah, I, I, I was just thinking about it just now. You, you were talking about um, Steve sounding very calm. Um, and I think, I think one of my fears was that I was going to go on this boat um, and I would spend a week uh, with people shouting at me, no, not that rope, the one next to it. Um, and in fact, it wasn't like that at all. I mean, people, the, the, the sighted crew were endlessly patient um, in, in, in the face of my total incompetence. Um, and that was very reassuring. Um, that was that was quite a highlight for me and something that made me feel you know a lot happier and more relaxed about doing the sailing and really able to enjoy it. A visually impaired crew member hands on the big steering wheel. A sighted volunteer consults navigation software on a laptop. Below crew members make sandwiches. I think also what what Steve was very good at was explaining what was going on and giving us a a very good general introduction to the the basics of sailing so it was what you were doing at that time but then you'd have that broader discussion you know about the wind and about how you could move the boat and what were the signs that you could look for and that just fascinated me you know I, I um and and I I love learning and I just felt I learned a lot about practically about sailing, um, but it was almost like having a textbook and he would just give you little bits of pieces of information and it would all kind of fit together, lock together and make sense of this actual real experience 
that, that you were on at the time. How often do you get involved? What training do you put in? How, how are you supported as volunteers? Initially, used to run familiarisation and training weekends for new volunteers. Um, when, I, when I first went, I had never sailed with visually impaired before, so you don't know what to expect. So there's a... Oh, you swapped sides. <laughs> um, there, there was some training involved there. And then it's a case of you, you go and do a trip with an old town skipper who's sailed with them before. And you get introduced to it and you learn from the people that have been doing it a bit longer how to do it, how to communicate. The time it takes to tack. From you deciding you want to tack and you're racing through, you say, right, ready about, bang, we've gone. That doesn't work. You've got to start planning it because you need to get the people to the winches to find the ropes. They can't see them, they can't just grab them. So you've got to give the time to find them. And it's empowering them to actually do the job, not doing it for them. So yes, there, there is some training and it's the realisation for some that when they volunteer, it's not them going on a holiday. It, it is a little bit of a holiday, but it is a working holiday. And you are working 24 hours a day. And it's enjoyable and very, very rewarding. And you develop new skills. No, fantastic. Uh, Robert, would there anything you'd like to say about the, the volunteers you've encountered while you've been on these trips? Yeah, I mean, the volunteers have been uh, have been excellent. Um, and uh, just going back to what Steve was saying about um, things taking a bit of time, in our defence, I would say by the end of the week, we did tack a bit quicker than we did at the beginning. You know, we did, <laughs> we did get a bit better. <laughs> it, it was 20 tacks off Troon on the first day that did it. <laughs> yep yep that helps <laughs> and i guess the the um the thing about the volunteers that it, it is a 24-hour work, working day because we try to pack a lot into our, our days because we don't get to experience these things very often so it's really precious for us so you know as you know the day starts early and the day ends late because we'll go down the pub and we'll, we had such brilliant times in the pub where we were down there. It was, it was absolutely fantastic. And the volunteers, they come, they show us how to get there. I mean, maybe some of them actually, you know, know, know the way without any help whatsoever. Um, but we go into the pub and we get pints and we get meals and we do a lot of socialising. And it, it's brilliant for us. But, yeah, it's hard work. And we just really appreciate all the effort and energy that our volunteers put into it. But I, I think it's mutual, you know. I think they get an awful lot back from, from, from us as well. It's a very enjoyable kind of partnership, I think. I guess it might lead me into my, my final question, which would be, uh, you know, what are the ambitions uh, each of you might have in getting involved with these or, uh, for the future? I'll start with Liz, just to come on and just ask your ambitions as a... Uh, a sailor with a visa on how you might want to take that in the future? That's a good question. Um, I haven't really thought about it, to tell you the truth. I just love being on the water. 
and the waters around uh, you know the west coast of Scotland that I know really well from kayaking and power boating. So I just love to be in this part of the world. But I'm sure it would be really good to maybe be sailing off the south coast of England as well, just to see the difference. Um, so that might be good to, you know, go on, on different trips in different places. Though I have to say, west coast of Scotland is the best. <laughs> like Liz, I think I'd like to maybe venture south of the border sometime and try sailing in these inferior waters further south. <laughs> you know. um, and also, um, having having done um, some sailing in these big boats, I think I've just about plucked up the courage um, with Liz's encouragement to to try some dinghy sailing. So, um, and that's that's really because I've gained the confidence through the contact with uh, uh, the experience with Visa to have a go at that. So I'm quite looking forward to maybe trying that this summer as well. Fantastic, and Liz is a. Uh... <laughs> Based in Presswick has got a great club. It's very active on our doorstep. Uh, yeah. We're quite involved with Presswick Sailing Club. So oh, good. Yeah, hopefully not too far away for you, Robert, to go and dip your toes. No, not, not at all. Not at all. No, that'd be a that'd be a great one. Uh Steve, have you got uh, what your ambitions over it's we're in 2022 now. So of course this year you got some plans? At, at the moment, I'm having my arm twisted up my back for the first week in July or the or the last week in July on the South Coast. Um, ambitions, I'm not a trustee, I, I leave it to them to have ambition for visa. But I would like to see it more evenly balanced between north and south, to give opportunity for visually impaired, a bit more locally, to just get on the water and try it, as Robert did. Might not be for me, but go and try. There's no reason, as we proved with the four boats you saw coming in why visually impaired can't go sailing and thoroughly enjoy it. Everybody was was so good when when, when we came up, and I think we had a, a lot of feedback um, from the thirty people on board, forty people, and it was all positive. And you know, locally people were so good and supportive of our general you know venture um, in Scotland. In terms of visa, um, we've got some really good plans. We want to get into racing, like a, a number of organisations. We're a little bit on the mature side, and we are hoping that we can encourage um, perhaps more younger people um, to become involved with visa through doing some racing. So in the summer, we're going to be doing round the island, um, round the island race on the Isle of Wight. Um, we're going to do the Royal Escape. So that will be sailing from Brighton over to Fakeham. Um, and we've got we've got some people who, who really are, are, are up for, for a challenge. So we, we hope to develop that side. Um, we're also doing some sailing in Wales, and that's the first time we've done any, as far as I'm, I'm aware. So we are trying to make those contacts all over the country. And I, I do agree with Steve that we do need to put ourselves um, around in, in all different parts of the country so that we can make sailing more accessible to people. Um, that would be, be our, our aim. I think from from my perspective, that accessibility and inclusion is is really central to what you've managed to do so far and what your ambitions are effectively. Uh, and it's 
not always necessarily where you are, but the people you're with and, and the skills and talents and ambitions they have that, that make make up the organization. Uh, I think you put that across very well. The racing side of it, I know that uh, in Scotland three years ago, we ran the bright blind match racing championships, which uh, again was the, the competitive arm more so. Um, but yeah, if I was advising anyone for any of your passage racing, I would definitely on hearing Liz getting the high speed um, on that trip in Scotland. Maybe she should be considered as one of your helms. <laughs> We'll definitely do that. <laughs> Brilliant. I'm a speed freak. <laughs> well, listen, thank you very much uh, for coming along today and sharing some of your thoughts about the trip to Scotland. Uh, I'm going to just say, uh, if you've got any little bits you'd like to add at the end. I think it's great that Mark's showing an interest with um, visually impaired. I mean, I'm sure you were already, Mark, but this is an extra step that you've taken. Um, and I think it's brilliant that the RYA in Largs uh, are really being aware of the blind and visually impaired and wanting to do more partnership work with them. I think that's great. I just want to say a little bit about, about Visa. I mean, I've been involved over the years with a, a lot of organisations run for or, or by people who are visually impaired or, or have other disabilities. And I think... I can't think of an organisation that has more people with visual impairment who are actually involved in the organisation and the running of it. I think, are all the trustees visual impaired? Or certainly the vast majority of them. And I think that's quite unusual for, for organisations <laughs> and very encouraging. I think it, it does highlight that it's, you know, it's very much an organisation that um, is run by the people who are visually impaired uh, rather than for them. I, I think that's that's right, Robert. Uh, I think sort of um, we've got six trustees at the moment, and um, five five of them are visually impaired, um, yeah. and it really does keep us grounded. It makes us always come back to what are the really important things about you know not having things being done to you all the time. Absolutely. We we want to have a world where you know we we've got an existence where we can prove ourselves, where we can achieve. And just feel so good about it. Yeah. And how would people get in touch if they're looking for information? We'll obviously put some details in the show notes. You can go on to the Visa GP um, website. We've we've got a website there, um, and it's got loads of information. Explains basically in more detail um, about the organisation itself. It's got some wonderful sailing audio clips um, and we made an audio um, video last summer, I think it was, um, and it really does explain. Um, it will make people feel more confident, I think, who are new to sailing because as an organisation, we make sure that our, our trips are planned um, so that we take safety um, very seriously. And of all the feedback that we get from the people who, who come on our visits, they all feel incredibly safe. Nobody feels, um, you know, at a loss. Um, so they can go on that. Um, they can join um, for free uh, our membership and they will get a newsletter um, which will give you all the information about our upcoming forthcoming trip. So as long as you sign up for it, it's really easy to do it. You get the information 
Um, and then you can decide whether you want to come along. And then you just email us and say, yeah, I'd like to put my name on the wait on, on the list. Um, I suppose I need to tell you that we do have to um, make a charge for, for this. Generally, the cost is around £400 for a one-week sailing. Where we can, we apply for funding. Uh, we certainly applied for um, big lottery uh, funding, and that's been very successful. We also go to business, um, local business people, because we advertise, um, and, it, and it's been a very successful full way of people supporting our charity, but also getting their, their, their name out into the space as well. So, so that's been good. And of course, we, you know, we're always happy to um, accept donations um, from anybody who would like to, to support us. So Visa GB subsidises the cost of the trips because realistically they're around about £650 pounds a week. So we also try and run some free taster weekends, um, maybe two days or so, where people who've had no experience whatsoever can just come along, dip their toes in the water and see what they, they feel. And then after that, they have the opportunity of coming back if that's what they, they, they'd like to do. Fantastic. That was extremely comprehensive. Thank you, Lorraine. Um, it's really nice to hear about all the different levels um, that you can get involved. And yeah, it's so exciting. I probably will be uh, doing some more with you in 2022 and beyond. Thank you very much for all coming along today. It was really great to hear about Visa and get all those details about how people uh, can get involved and hopefully uh, get on the water with you in future years. So thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's thank great. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Robin, I clearly found the connection with Visa inspiring on how it demonstrates the inclusivity and accessibility of getting afloat at any stage in life. And uh, I've had a few reflections that have come out around that connection and just the verbal communication all the time, just describing the background and all the places that you know have been. It was fantastic. It was great. Yeah, I think lots of similar things came out for me that kind of, A, the courage, um, to take that step but actually successful communication and connections on board actually seemed to make it from all the all the people relaying their experience just an absolutely amazing experience uh, it really stood out to me as well that a lot of the things that might be quite special to someone sighted uh, also what really resonated about the trip for the visually impaired people as well there's actually maybe not as big a difference as might be perceived um, the variability of Scottish cruising, the fickle winds that we all know up the Kyles, and the drama of the landscape make it a pretty magic place for everyone. And it was incredible, again, to see how that teamwork and communication allowed everybody on board to enjoy it and have an amazing time. Absolutely. I think uh, volunteers certainly would have got a lot out of getting involved with that. Liz, who just, yeah, oh, what's this about? How do I get involved? And then suddenly you're involved in getting on a trip and thoroughly enjoying it with a group of people you've not met but really have a shared passion for what they're doing and just getting that feeling that yeah this is great it's really brought us all together um is yeah magic real magic so i loved how for Liz it was as simple as just picking up the phone and then yeah. suddenly she was she was yeah on a trip and the experience well 
you've heard how it went. So. Absolutely, we could ever fight in a few. Uh, the skipper as well, uh, I guess, from that side of things and how they can kind of really create that atmosphere, that encouragement and that uh, desire. There was a quite funny line when they started talking about racing and they're going to do the Isle of Wight race this year. You're thinking the level of dialogue within the boat may rise quite a lot with the number of boats going around. But just uh, that calming voice, uh, just Steve's voice was fantastic where he just brings that lovely cam yorkshire yeah things might not be quite going as planned but we could have a quite quiet cup of tea and then we'll just get back on it and that's fantastic everyone having a good time yay let's go so um yeah i really like that calming voices that were, were in there as well so you get a real picture of what it'd be like living on board uh, the links for how to get involved with visa gb are in the show notes and we hope that this may provide some thoughts on how, if you've not considered taking to the seas, that it's a genuinely awesome experience for all at any stage in life and with any ability. Yeah, we really hope this inspires people to think about how getting out on the water might be an option for those who maybe haven't considered it and uh, provide some inspiration for your planning for 2022. We hope to see you on the water. Stay safe.